Hey folks, here we are. Hello, it's me. I'm in your ear hole again. Or in your car face. Or in your toilet mouth. I don't I don't know. I'm <laughs> just spitting out words now. Yeah. You know we're uh past the no the point of no return for Christmas. We're past it, folks. Past the equator, past the uh the midpoint. So let's just forget this summer stuff. I'm I'm kind of over it already. What is it? July It's July July something. I don't know. It's after the 4th. Let me tell you there are a couple things about the 4th. And I I'll never understand it. I'll never understand it. Uh, people. And I'm not talking about I'm not talking about the folks who are doing the bit in Michigan that I've got to be in the water really close to this guy and that girl and that dude. I'm not talking about those because believe me, that's self-explanatory. Here's what I don't get. It's crazy to me. All right. I live in Southern California. We all know this. This is no secret. I live in San Diego, right? San Diego, where people, uh, they, they, I think it's called yogging for fun, yogging. So when you live in San Diego, there's an understanding that comes along. You got to sign the paper that says, um, I'm going to live here and I'm, I'm well aware I live in a place that if you throw a match somewhere, the entire town is going to burn to the ground. Okay. That's where we live. We live in the place where if you throw a match out the window, San Diego burns down. That's just, that, you You name the time of year, I'll tell you it's going to be that way all the time. January, it's going to burn down. March, going to burn down. June, going to burn down. August, burning. October, burned. December, on fire. doesn't matter what time of year. You throw a match out the window, it's going to burn down. And yet, and yet, on the 4th of July, you know, here, here's how it went down in, in, in our house. Um, sitting there playing some Zelda <laughs> about eight o'clock at night and I'm sitting right by the window, uh, right by the window. So I, I got the window open. Uh, you can hear things. You could hear the, the kids laughing and doing their bit screaming, uh, in some fucking cases around here. And I mean, screaming at the top of their lungs, like it did something happen. Did they put an M69 up their face nose? I don't know. So I'm sitting by the window. It's about eight o'clock. Sun is still up at eight around here. And I hear boom, 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 pow, pow, boom, 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 pow, pap, bam, bam. That was the finale one. And I'm like, well, already? Like the sun's up. And we're doing the pa-pow, pa-pow, bam. Ba-boom. I'm hearing all that. And I'm like, wow, okay, well, it's kind of early, but whatever. I don't know. That's what they want to do. Sometimes you do fireworks when the sun's up, I guess. I, I don't know. And then it kept kind of going. I figured it would. You know, it starts getting a little bit darker. And by nine, it's it's dark. It's, you know, it's, it's regulation dark by nine o'clock p.m. So, like, I'm still hearing them and I'm... I'm I'm hearing the continual screams of a couple of kids that are in the neighborhood who don't have a governor on their uh, vocal, just uh, obnoxiousness. 
And I mean, again, it ain't them. It's, it's the folks, right? And I get like being excited. Don't get me wrong. I'm not that kind of guy. I get it. They're excited. But like, you know, when there's a firework, boom, or sorry, boom, when there's that, and then you hear, oh, uh, uh, hey, okay, that's acceptable. But when you hear like, boom, and then nothing, and then about 10 seconds later, you just hear, ah! that's what you hear. You go, well, wow, that's weird. That was strange. And that just kept going on and on and on. All right. Anyhow, fireworks come and go. The, the, <laughs> let me clarify the regulation fireworks come and go. <laughs> uh, and these are typically set off over water or over parts of town that, um, can be controlled if something were to go wrong, I guess. And since it's uh, a regulation event, um, there's, you know, people on standby to make sure if something goes wrong, they're on it. Okay. I'm cool with that. Fine. Fine. Fair enough. I, I'm not a big fan of fireworks anyway. I mean, I'll take them or leave them, but whatever. At least there's, uh, it's regulated on some, on some level. And then it isn't. Here's what I mean. The, the big finales go off. All right, great. Yay. Ooh, ah, eh. And then, then you start hearing the shitty fireworks on the street. They're... That's shitty fireworks sound. The regulation fireworks sound like this. Boom. Boom. Encouragement. Boom. That's what regulation fireworks sound like. Shitty homemade fireworks that assholes on the street like to, t the, to light off. That's what those sound like, okay? There's spit everywhere. Corona! It's like being a gamma! <laughs> yeah, well, if you're a gamma, you know. So, even if you weren't a gamma, you're well aware. Um, so the, it's the illegal fireworks folks. It's the non-regulated fireworks that I'm like, what the fuck? We live in a tinderbox. We are here in a tinderbox. I specifically live surrounded by, uh, like I'm in a bowl of mountain grass. I don't know. I, I don't know how else to describe it. I live inside of a mountain. Uh, I guess I live in NORAD, you know, I'm, I'm surrounded by stuff that if it burns, everything's going. Every fucking thing is going, everything. And yet, and I'm talking to the people specifically in this fucking neighborhood, you light off fucking fireworks in the street, like jerk offs. And then, and then, here's <laughs> what kills me. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, I'm typically the guy that goes, okay, if it's happening right here, because I can't say like, well, there's fireworks somewhere in the neighborhood, but I can hear them, but I don't, they're not right on my street, but they're like really in the immediate surrounding areas. But again, I live in a, in a little echo chamber, I guess is a good way to put it in, in terms of sound. I live in an echo chamber. So if something happens here, you hear it over there. So I can't tell exactly where they're coming from. But if I did, I would say, huh. Let me see if I can make a phone call to somebody who can come and take care of this. If I saw it happening, all right? Because I can't call and go, well, there's fireworks somewhere. Thank you. I can't do that because that's not helping, right? So, but then I go on and we have one of those community Facebook pages. Of course we do. 
and it's it's helpful for some things like hello i need a plumber does anybody have a plumber they trust and then you get the name of mike plumber and then you go let me call mike and give him some work he comes highly recommended or i am looking to sell this casio digital watch would anyone like to buy a casio digital watch and someone goes i would and then you go great ten dollars leave it on the front porch i'll give you your watch right that's helpful that's fine but then <laughs> but then i see like um hey folks just a reminder i see the people that are lighting off fireworks it's not okay like who the fuck are you telling go tell the cops i don't understand it i don't get it and just a reminder it's still not fine to burn it down yeah no shit but they don't care about your words call the cops let them know jesus it's inferior infuriating if you live here trust me you know uh, if you live here and i know some people are living in san diego listening to this show you know what i'm talking about it's fucking nuts illegal fireworks i swear to god I swear to God, we have every year San Diego burns to the ground and then it has to get rebuilt. It's insane. It's crazy. And yet here's the guy with the cigarette hanging out the window. <laughs> it's fucking nuts. Well, people don't want to wear a mask. Why the fuck would they, you know, not light off um, pyrotechnics <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a fire zone? Anyway, all right. Today on the show. I'm not even going to talk about that Trump stuff this week. I had it all written down. I have my notes right here. <sighs> the schools have to open. They're brilliant and beautiful. Shut up. Jesus. God almighty. They better open or else. Or else what? <laughs> or else what, you, you fucking pig? <laughs> or else what? Nothing? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, if you have kids, you can chime in. If you don't, don't. You know what I mean? So on today's show, I had a lovely conversation. We went down memory lane, right? Memory lane. It was a good one. We talked all, and I'm going to tell you what we talked about. Just to, just so you remain interested while you're sitting there at the, at the Kmart waiting to go in to get the slushy or what, what do they call them at Kmart? I don't know. But didn't they used to have like a food counter at Kmart years and years and years ago? I could swear they had some sort of food service other than that Slurpee or not Slurpee, Slushy, Slippy, Slappy, Swanson, Samsonite. That's it. Samsonite. I, there, there was something at Kmart that you can go in and you can, I used to look for my Star Wars land speeder toy in the seventies and I would get some sort of frosty delight, but I could swear you could get like food food as well. I don't know. I'm trying to remember. It's, it's a long time ago, folks. But we go down memory lane and we talked about our first days ever at Upper Deck years ago. And I'm not talking about the, the one where, you know, the legendary and the thing and the big trouble little chat. I'm not talking about that era of Upper Deck. That was a whole, you know about that era already. You don't know about this one. This was years ago. This was going in the way back machine of 2004. And we talked about our, our opening salvo of trying to create this thing called organized play for games that, I don't know, might be big. Was Yu-Gi-Oh big? I don't know. 
only made $700 million at its peak in profit, but whatever. I don't know, maybe something like that. So we talk about that. We talk about, quite frankly, how uh, we were very idealistic. Uh, we were very positive, uh, forward-thinking, if you will, at the time. Uh, and we also talk about how it all um, kind of imploded. And it wasn't for the reason... I'm not talking about the counterfeiting thing. That's not the implosion. The implosion kind of happened before that. You know, that was... The counterfeiting thing was the was the end game, was the... Thanos snap, right? But before that, there was a lot of implosion, okay? There was a lot of it. And and we'll talk about it and, um, yeah, sit back, listen in. It's Andy Fletcher on Brenzor's Dead. Hello, Andrew J. Fletcher. Hello, Jason Brenner. How you doing, buddy? I'm well yourself. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, that that's the, really the worst question you could ask me right now. Yeah. No, I can yeah. imagine. Yeah. No, wait, no, we just start on this thing, man. There's no, hey, man, how you doing? Good. Hey, good. <laughs> All right. No, we just jump right the fuck in. <laughs> There's no safe word? No. <laughs> there's no, no, there's no, no, the Banana. safe word is not pickle. It's Banana. not. No, no. So how, how are you doing, man? It's, uh, oh it's been gosh. a while. It has been forever. We um, we talked for like a hot minute. About it, we what, did. I was doing fundraising stuff and I was, yeah. um, I had this idea for a golf thing. I was super jazzed about it. Nobody else was, but that's sort of how fundraising goes is if, uh, it's really a, it's more of a, a popularity personality contest, you know. Isn't that the best? Oh, it's awesome. It, it's essentially volunteer wrangling. You know, it's it's right. the exact same thing. It doesn't matter what the cause. You're trying to get people to spend their spare time. Yeah. Right. So now, um, did did what did whatever you were uh, pushing at the time? Did they go with another idea that wasn't so gamey nerdy? <laughs> we went straight golf. Oh, well, we shit. went straight golf and it was just uh it was an issue of not being able to have the people to do the grunt work for me to actually have fun with it <laughs> right right so yeah right you know i ended up being i was a development director for a little nonprofit school and um we had a lot of lofty ideals but i ended up effectively just being a uh, uh, uh um like a creative designer, uh, a graphic designer. I, I laid stuff out in Microsoft Word and made PDFs so that we could actually go to print for posters and flyers and brochures and booklets and all this crap. And and I had to learn CRM, so I just was basically a, an application rat that just did uh, creative work in the worst possible application for it. It was really enlightening. It sounds like so much fun. Yeah, we, I raised a shit ton of money, but it still wasn't enough. Oh, yeah. well, that's good. Yeah. What was the uh, What was the cause? It's uh, for a nonprofit school. So, uh, my youngest daughter has some severe learning disabilities, like ADD and dyslexia, mm -hmm. and uh, so we just had her in a private school where we could get some more hands on her and have a little bit more, um, a little bit more attention, a little bit more focus, and but we're just in a really small market. So it's sort of hit or miss and nonprofits are, they're very mission based. So, 
you know, if you're going to a company and you're, they've got a new product and you're, you know, getting all psyched up and that's buy-in and it's the same thing in nonprofits. Right. You really have to be able to buy into the mission to do what you're going to do. Um, and it's, it's difficult sometimes. Yeah. In addition, yeah, no, you have to be a business. You have to actually realize that you it, yeah. do it as a non profit. <laughs> that's, that's the key. It's, you know, there's, there's no, there's, yeah. there's, there's no pocket change. There's no, uh, you know, Christmas oh. party fund. Fundraising is your sales. It's the, so you are going out and it's all relationship marketing and it is the same as real estate leads. Uh, you know, I could be selling steak knives. So when you're really in the field at that level, it's very frustrating. It does suck, it, but it's a noble cause, man. I, I, I like hearing that. I, I, you know, isn't it? Now, look, I knew you prior to having children. Yeah. As, as you knew me prior oh my to gosh. having children. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been a long time. Uh, actually, you know, you were one of the first, you, you might, I think you were the second person I met in gaming. You were the second, first one was Patrick Swift. Oh, uh, Patrick. Yeah, uh, Patrick. Uh, second one was you, and uh, that was in an interview, and that yeah. was that was a lot of fun. Yeah. When when little Jason went in for a customer service job <laughs> and didn't fucking get it. Oh, you're so tall. <laughs> you're just not right for this. You're you're just too tall. I'm sorry. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No. So, but I knew you before you had kids. How? Uh, you, you, it seemed to take with you pretty instantly. Uh, I have a good uh, instinct for caregiving. Um, it's the uh, and, and I guess I'm pretty low key. You know, I don't I don't freak out about much stuff, but you're never doing it alone. Right. It's that as as you well know, it's that it's that give and take. And so that's where it becomes difficult. So, um, right. It has been uh, it has been a challenge. <laughs> well, how, how old are uh, how old are they now? So Isabella is 12. She just turned 12 in May. And Gabriella is 10. She just turned 10 two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Well, that's cool. I remember seeing the uh, immediate baby pictures oh, of your man. first daughter. So now, cool. Back, that's 12. That's back 12 years, Facebook huh? was, uh, was still about family Fun. and kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's yep. just to keep in touch. Oh, my God. Do you remember when it came out? We were, um, we were just all Forced. there. And it was, that's who the first 50 friends I had were the entire <laughs> Upper Deck Entertainment Department and just a few stragglers. Yeah. Oh, right. I remember, I, I remember Ben Drago coming around or you see either sent an email or came around or something. <laughs> and it was, the edict was, you need to start a Facebook page. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is a Facebook page? Is that like MySpace? Oh my <laughs> God. And I remember Chark said, um, this is great. Ashton Kutcher just let everybody know that he was taking a shit. And I just thought like, that's, that's, great. that's what we learned from this. Oh, I'm so excited for this. The dawn of this new era. This is going to be a good platform for information right. trading. Well, um, and then the second wave was your school friends. 
it was high school. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I can look up, you know, here's my central high school or whatever. Oh, my first girlfriend. So that was the second wave of people that you got. <laughs> so first, it's when the it... people that you have to look at every day. And then it's the people that you really don't want to see again anymore. It, it's true. It's all in the in that pod of, of people. I should point out that so uh, because, you know, we have millions of listeners here, right? Um, for anyone oh, that wants to know, serious? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Did I just give out my metrics? Oops. I, I mean, totally unplanned. Dude, I'll put my tooth in for this then. Hang on. Just, just like Ryan Reynolds accidentally leaking Deadpool test footage. Oops. <laughs> millions of people are listening. Uh, no. So, so Andy and I, uh, go way, way back. Uh, literally he was the second guy I met in gaming, not, not tabletop, just gaming. 2004 and we it was 2004 it was june of 04 my friend yeah. and uh we worked together on the the organ <laughs> fuck i didn't want to say it the organized play team at upper yeah. deck entertainment op yeah and we started it all man <laughs> we were well we tried well i mean it ultimately sucked and failed but that wasn't our fault it was sort of um it was a failed premise you know, yeah. when you have a cult of personality and we were really trying to reinvent. Did you turn a fan on? Did you turn a fan on? No. Do I? My AC's on. Oh, okay. That's fine. Let it go. It Don't bugging? turn it off. No, no it's not bugging sweating. me. I'm noisy yeah. when I sweat. <laughs> 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 yeah, I just, oh, it was a shame. What a, what a shame. I mean, what a ton of money. Yeah. What a ridiculous <clears throat> amount of money to just throw, um, yeah, just effectively throw away. I mean, if you couldn't see that coming, um, <laughs> what's the point? Yeah. Well, and well, look, uh, there was it. It was a double-edged sword for me on many, for many reasons. Uh, one of which was, you know, made a lot of friendships that you know have stood the test of time and and are still going. And then on on one hand, you're also labeled as the bitches who just spend money, and you're like, oh, fuck. And that, that literally check this out. So you remember, you know, we were basically our group, our organized play group was labeled, uh, as bitches who just spend money without, without any kind of ROI, no return on investment. There's just money going out, nothing coming in. There's no way to track it, blah, 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 blah. So when I, after 2010 and when upper deck like shut down, uh, I went away for a couple of years and I came back in 2012 and I'm like, all right, well, let's, let's see if this works. I walked in the fucking door and like within, I don't know, 15 minutes, there was a woman and I'm tempted to say her name, but I'm not fucking her name was Deb, Deb, right? She was a big, big, tall woman. <laughs> she was taller than me, my friend. And she, she, I see her in her office and I walk by and I remember her from our first go at it at the place. Uh -huh. And I walked by and I said, Hey Deb, how are you doing? And she goes, Oh, you're back. Just so you know, we don't spend money like that anymore. And I was uh. like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> and I'm not, I'm, I kid you not, man. There was no exaggeration. I was literally like walking by the office with like my, you know, here's what you're going to do in the new upper deck regime kind of package. Right. And, and I get the, we don't do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. This Here's is how be you're going to affect change. Here you're, here, yeah, transformative. Here's how you're going to pivot everything. But we don't spend money like that anymore. Right. I want everything to be. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everything's uh, got to be 10 out of 10, but it, it can't cost anything. Yeah. <laughs> make it go viral. Just make it go viral. Like, okay. I don't, uh, right, well, great. it's to be fair, the, um, the, at the director level, they spent fuck tons of money and just <laughs> threw it away. The problem was bringing in gamers that had no actual experience in large Ben Drago was the by far and away the most qualified person to be in that department and followed probably by Chark. Um, and the rest of us were really just sort of winging it. There had been guys that had done, you know, wanted to do game design or done some, some, you know, stuff on the side or garage level stuff. Uh, and it was the same with OP and the, uh, the product teams really knew um, for the most part what they were doing, at least in terms of getting product done. But we were so siloed. Um, oh, totally. Yeah, we were just well, sort of. We were siloed and also we were pitted against other teams. Stupid. Uh, specifically R&D. And, yeah. you know, I didn't, to, to be totally fair, I was sheltered from, I would say most of it at the time. Um, I ran into that little argument pool much later on in life, and that was that was a lot of fun. But at the time, I was pretty sheltered from it because that's what Drago was kind of there for was to shield the uh, you know he would jump in front of the big argument wave coming towards OP <laughs> and just like you know put his shield out and it would go around us kind of thing. But you know we got little bits and pieces, but we were always it, it seemed to be that the organized play team was the most hated group of people in. <laughs> In that place, it's if you other than amongst ourselves. Yeah, if you don't have good metrics, it's really hard. I mean, uh, yeah, it's really hard. And and the OP on the surface can seem sort of anathema to sales. And if you're a company that has just been making obscene amounts of money hand over fist on the most successful you know, TCG property the world has ever known um, to then come in. I mean, we had to put the, pull the reins back. I mean, um, Duelist League, um, I saved them about a million bucks by cutting out the distributorships from being these, uh, you know, these product wells, because they would then use them as sales incentives and repackage them and, and they'd end up in exclusive. So the Duelist League cards would end up in a Target exclusive repack uh, right. because the distributorship had control of all that stuff. And yeah. now uh, you're, now, oh. to, be, to, to clarify, you're talking about going back to the original versus system, right? Well, this is the Duelist League was oh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Fuck. This was Yu-Gi-Oh. Sorry, so man. So this was, this was the thing. Jesus. That, I forgot this, all that about That was why we were allowed to exist. Because the $25 million that was our initial budget was a drop in the bucket compared to the half a billion dollars they were making uh, globally on Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, that number was seven hundred million, Andrew. Yeah, right? seven, maybe seven fifty or something like that. And those <laughs> ridiculous. And that's the thing is that it seems again for us to cut this program down by a million bucks. It's four percent of what our total budget was. It doesn't seem like a big deal, but we had to do it because we couldn't get promo cards and and prize material out of Japan. The Duelist League was a Japan Konami of Japan approved program. 
and they pre-approved all of the cards and the treatments on the cards, uh, and 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 it wrapped into this whole bigger picture for them. And so we couldn't get prizes for OP. We couldn't get prizes for the hobby stores. We couldn't do our own sort of sales things. So we had to stop the distributors from giving away the bulk of the prize cards in the whole freaking country. So that was the thing. And then that just sort of pissed everybody off. And, um, and then Jeff right. bought a fucking motorcycle and, you know, we had a, um, the, the million dollar pro circuit with like the $5 million back end, uh, right. just, you know, just weird stuff. Well, and yeah. A million dollar pro circuit, $5 million back end and about 10,000 players. And I don't know the back end. Don't quote me on that, obviously. Oh, it was, it's, <laughs> it's all gone anyway. <laughs> yeah, really. It's just a shame because it was, um, it, we were all ready to learn. It was such a good opportunity. Shit, man. If I hadn't smoked cigarettes, we would have never gotten anything done. It was when I first started, when we were, our offices were, um, well, shit, I wasn't even with everybody else. They were all in the conference room um, across from the travel desk. And I was in the cubicles back where like Claudine, uh, Claudine's office was. Right. Uh, and this was, I was one of the first hires outside of the core group that did the astonishing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game and um, was working on verses and things like that. Wasn't that the, the greatest tagline in gaming history? Like we're emerging from the sewer or something like that? <laughs> it was really appropriate. From the sewer to your living room? Or <laughs> we used to have to smoke on the roof. And oh, there was, yeah. yeah, so there was this door and you would go out onto the roof and it was we would be standing outside people's windows and there's me and a guy named Sean Maddox who was one of the purchasers. And I'm sitting, he's, how you doing, God, man? I remember oh, that I just, I need to do all this stuff and I don't know how to do this stuff. And he's like, well, what do you need done? I need to do this. Oh shit, man. Give me a call. You want to talk to Mike Martinez over and pay, you know, you want to do this and this and, and it just, so, you know, you smoke six, eight times a day and I would just stalk him. And then I met Betty Olander in finance and I learned how to do finance stuff. I met, um, she was a peach. I she liked was, her. Yeah, Betty. She was darling. <laughs> she was great. I met, you, got, um, you had to get to know her. And then, you know, once you once you got past it, you're like, oh, you're all right. You're oh, okay. what was his name? There was a guy in pre-press, Chris. Uh, I can't remember his Stino? name. Stino? I don't know. But then he really got me in with the creative guys. And then I befriended David Lomely. He was just the most amazing ah, creative director. And then I met Brian Bateman. And I met yep. uh, just amazing people. Anita Osborne was there. Um, and just, you know, Mark Irwin. This great. There were so many good people. And then we finally got introduced to the project team. Sean Dillon, Nancy yeah. Modafari, these people would like literally build, move and rebuild a mountain for you if it was mm -hmm. on a purchase order, if you had a wreck for it. Uh, most, mostly, most of the time, yeah, some more than others, to be fair. <laughs> uh, wow. So, so yeah. you know, it was funny because you're, you're bringing up a lot of names and a lot of timelines and I just want to put kind of a, some context to it. So this is in the late seventies. <laughs> A lot of cocaine. Hairstyles were very weird. Um, <laughs> let's, let's be honest. Uh, there was a lot of porn happening in the upper deck offices. Um, this is at a time, this was literally for, you know, for people listening so they can kind of, you know, wrap their head around where we were as a company and, you know, where we were as a team, quite frankly. 
we were brand new and and I was the last guy to be hired mm-hmm. I believe from the original crew yeah there was there was people that came after that <laughs> whatever uh, but from the original group I was the the last guy to be hired and again this is 2004 and things were like just starting like OP was just emerging in the United States and around the globe for certain games like Yu-Gi-Oh right mm-hmm. versus the original time around and as a company you know it was a sports company <laughs> to be fair it still fucking is but whatever um <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started I, I have a glass of wine in front of me so don't get me started yeah, I cracked well, my know, uh, my Tropicana cookies so we're, we're all oh, good. look at you I was hoping for a dirty martini but whatever no uh, you know some things I guess change special, special occasions I still have a canned dirty martini that oh, that sounds great. David Lomely made for me, and I'll read it right here. He put a strip, a strip around it that says, um, "Break this seal only uh, uh, in case of emergencies," and then it says, um, "Not to be used between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. This product is for emergency purposes only and is not supported, endorsed, sanctioned, or condoned by UDE, UDC, UDD, OPCA, California, or the FDA." user to assume all risks and liability when opening this product and partaking of the contents therein. Yeah. I can't even read the rest of that. Well, do you still have your Kool-Aid and Drano that you see get put on people's desks? Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> so at the time, like literally as a company, it was a sports company. This entertainment nonsense was brand new to Upper Deck. I mean, we literally started the groundswell of, you know, let's make cards, let's do games, let's have people come and play them, and let's do it in an organized fashion. Now, organized play itself had not been new because Watsy had been doing that with magic and, and things yeah. like that. But for us, everybody there was either ripped from Watsy, and that was mostly R&D because, yeah. you know, Most I didn't come from Watsy. Ben, Ben, Chark, myself, Elliot, Russ Pippen. Well, Ben wasn't there at the start. Well, but he was a, he was a judge. He, I thought he was just a man. I thought Ben Drago was a magic judge. He never did. I didn't think he was a versus judge or a Yu-Gi-Oh oh, judge. Well, no, but when he, I'm just talking about people on the team that came from right. magic. I mean, it's basically oh, sure, sure, sure. the whole first wave, except maybe for you. Yeah, that's totally true. <laughs> or Ian, Dude, Ian I, didn't do a lot of magic. He was because he worked for Upper Deck. He was the longest running one out of all of us. Yeah, but he didn't do, he wasn't in OP. That was, that was all brand new. No, I do. Look, I was, I looked at this little adventure coming into this OP bullshit that I didn't, I knew nothing about, mind you. Um, But I I looked at it as a stepping stone to get the fuck out of there and go into video games. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I, I did. I was like, I'll just do, I'll do this for six months. I'll get some gaming chops and then I'm, out in Z and it just didn't didn't happen that way. Games I got games. sucked in, man. Yeah. Yeah. It just it stuck around. But it was a it was a cool feeling at the time to be and look, we had Jeff Donay, who is legendary for a variety of reasons in his own right, uh, in the industry. You know, he's got a lot of uh history behind him. And, you know, he did a lot to elevate that group uh in, in, oh, in some yeah, respects. Yeah, yeah. I, well, so the driving force behind it, I mean, his, that was his creation. Uh, he really came and set the tone for what was to be with Versus System and how to recreate Watsi's magic 
And the, right. you know, we, it would have, I don't, there's this, <laughs> it, if somebody had just told the rest of the company, you know, that we were coming on and this is how, you know, we could integrate these things, right. we would have, we would have integrated and it would have worked. But I think that we were so afraid of that budget and the spending was going to be unique. And it's funny, there's sort of a theme here. It's almost like, um, it's almost like they didn't bother to tell uh, anybody else that, they, that he was going to do this, right? Like Richard McWilliam was sort of just like, you know what, they don't want me to do this, but fuck it, I'm just going to, here's a $25 million check, give them this, you know, quarter of this wing of the building yeah. and just let's see what happens. I really believe in, in Jeff and this vision. And Yu-Gi-Oh! was so goddamn successful. Why totally. not? I mean, the man basically ran that flipping airport right there. That was that existed almost for his whim. You know? <laughs> it's very true. If anybody oh. so anybody who's listening, we had a uh, there was an airport that was almost connected to it Upper Deck. <laughs> and one there was land plot away from us. Yeah. Pretty much. God. I don't no, know. There's probably a lot of cocaine coming in and out. Yeah, whatever, well, whatever. and that's, you know. Hookers and blow. That's there he goes. It, that's it must be Tuesday. Dead. Yeah, my God, that was so sad too. But what's yeah. the the thing about this that always gets me about Upper Deck, and especially since I worked with the creative departments um, so extensively, <clears throat> is that what no one really considered is that here's this company that makes cards, and not only do they make cards, they've been a pioneer in making cards. And that comes through your purchasing and through your pre-press and your creative department. And through those three things and working with your actual printer, you get this amazing technology that Upper Deck brought to the sports industry year over year, starting in 1990, 89, 90, whatever. 89, 89. And um, then it's literally like we showed up and we wouldn't let them print our cards. Like we didn't, we weren't going to let them do anything. We didn't take their input. We didn't care what they thought. We didn't, right. we just forced everything and it's a different business. We just sort of pushed, rammed it through and it destroyed the whole, it just disintegrated. It did. Uh, well, it it, that's not the reason it disintegrated, but it did end up disintegrating. Oh, yeah. Uh, however, I mean, it was, I always felt bummed out. There was like a recent discussion about it online on, on the Facebooks. Uh, that was, uh, and anytime you bring up upper deck on Facebook, man, it's a positive discussion. <laughs> People just have such nice things to say. Um, and to be fair, this was one of those discussions where I, I was the one that was one of the people that chimed in, but I had said, you know what it would have been interesting if the sports side and the entertainment side actually would have shaken hands across the, it was very like almost Republican and Democrat very in a way, not, not to put any politics yeah. on it, but it was just very op to opposing Shit. sides. Dude, do you remember trying to work with the, um, the, uh, the web team? Oh, and fuck getting them. Shit. Oh my fuck. God. Like what the fuck are you trying <laughs> to do? Worst. Just the absolute worst. Oh, yeah. God. So and, well, bad. I mean, talk about a fucking talentless pool of fucking oh paychecks, God. man. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I was not a fan of that, that regime. Yeah. Now, you know, but that's, that's what you get when you had a big company and there's no, 
there was no one on many of the teams that were no. directly responsible for providing content to entertainment. And when you don't have the weight of some authority behind you, it's useless. Do you remember how many times we would have to have meetings with people from other departments and they would just look at us like we were <laughs> idiots and we would have to be like, okay, I'll go get my boss. You go get your boss. It's like dueling, you know, know. okay, I'll get, I'm this, you won't negotiate. So it's time for dueling managers, you know? Well, you know, it's funny that never went away. Okay. Oh, no. So, Great. Well, here, here, I'll give you a, a, a I'll pull back the you curtain. You had a, a lot bit. of cross-functional team meetings still. Oh my God. The CFT. Well, to be fair, when I, after I came back in 2012, the, the company was much smaller. I mean, yeah, it was, right. uh, I, I mean, and I don't, I don't know the, the, the exact number, but I want to say it was 25% of the overall when we were there originally. Um, and because of that, you know, it's got, there's pros and cons. The pros are you walk down the hall, you know everybody. That's yeah. that's all there is to it. You know everybody in the building, period. Which is good because when you need something, you just you know where to go. The cons are you're still trying to have this maximum output that you had with 75% more employees. And that's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people. So <laughs> when I come down and I, I go over to pre-press or some of these other departments that you mentioned. And I say, hey, uh, Mike Eggleston, I have a, <laughs> this guy, I've got this game coming out. It's called, you know, it's called Legendary. It hasn't launched yet, but we need to do X, Y, and Z. I think it's going to be big. And he goes, fuck you. It's hockey season. And I go, oh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, yep. that doesn't mean shit to me because no. <laughs> I have a, I, I have a launch date. And we got to fucking hit it. And he's like, I don't care. Yeah. And then, and then, like you said, okay, I'll go get my boss, who was the fucking president. It still is now. I'd go get him, and I'm like, can you go tell fucking you know Mike that we're we're actually doing a thing because he thinks I'm like, just speaking gibberish, you know? It, and that's what it was. You had to yeah. go get dad. So stupid. It's just so stupid. I know, but it was fun at the time. <laughs> it was fun. Come on, we had a good time. It was so frustrating because I was the biggest hockey fan. I, all I wanted is I wish I had been on a different team. I just wish I, I had been on the hockey team. They were mostly lunkheads too. I, I <laughs> well, you know, it's a, it are. was a, yeah, it, that, that wasn't my scene either, but geez. So man. let me, let me ask you then, how long were you, cause you weren't there when it closed and I can't no. remember the exact um, time frame when, because there was a paradigm shift on the organized play team specifically. Like we brought in, like I said, I was the probably the last hire of wave one. Right. And then wave two was like, we brought in Julia Hedberg and we brought in Russ mm. Pippen and yep. all, you know, there was just new people yep. showing up. Javier you know, Mike Gerard, Javier. Right. Yep. Right, right. Yeah, Javier, who's yeah, a fucking yeah. workhorse and a, just one of the best people right? I've ever met, by the way. No, I Javier agree, too. Shout out one to of Javier. The best yeah. Yeah. This guy, th this is a guy who would drive 200 miles to work one way every single morning because he really just wanted to answer kids' questions about Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> it was his dream job, man. And that motherfucker did it, and he did it with a smile. And then he, then he would drive two hundred miles home, and he would do it five days a week. And when when he got picked up, he is cryptozoic right now. Nice. 
when he got picked up at crypto, and this is years ago, um, crypto was maybe 15, I'm, I'm guessing like 15 minutes from his house. Oh, <laughs> He's like, fuck perfect. it. I got, I got a, I got a $25,000 a year pay increase. Yes, just in seriously. seriously. <laughs> yeah. So when did you end up leaving? Cause I don't, I don't remember when that whole, when everything went down. Three and a half years. So I got there in uh, the beginning of 2004 and then we left in July of 2007. I think June sometime was my last day. Why did you end up leaving again? Was it because you, you there was a job? Didn't your wife get a job? No, out? dude. Seriously? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> well, let's see. My It got to a point where it was so bad that the culture of fucking personality there, they, so number one, my boss went ahead and fondled like three, groped three of my <clears throat> best friends when we were okay. in Vegas. Um, all right, go. In a, all right. In a limo. Yep. And then, um, so you were there then, for that. <laughs> and then, no, this is the deal. All right. I kept telling them that in, if you want to run all of these in store programs the way that you tell me that you want to run them, and the, and I can do this, but it's got to be on the project team because this is a multi system program that has to come together. It's not just a pick and pack that we can do, but I'm getting stuff from purchasing. I'm getting stuff from the warehouse and I'm getting stuff from, uh, 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 from graphic converting from the printer. And it's got, you can't just be a one person show. It's got to be on the project uh, team's radar. Pre-press has to know about it. I mean, the fighting that I had to do to get this, the, these stupid fucking kits together was just, <laughs> it was retarded. It was, I, it was idiotic. And because I had suggested that, uh, they claimed I had a martyr complex and didn't give me a bonus that year. And then oh, yeah. uh, my boss, instead of getting fired or, I don't know, like arrested, um, he just got transferred back home. Mm. Okay. Um, so I just, yeah. it was, we were done. It was right before the crash. We were lucky we got out. Yeah. And um, we were renting and we thought, Jesus, you know, if we, we want to buy a house or settle down, it was a, it was a crap show. Um Somebody's, I can't remember if it was Chark or Donay or, or somebody, the, their mortgage was almost four grand. And it was just, sure. it's, I mean, you know, in San Diego, you can live in a salt box by the beach or you can live in a nice house out in the desert. <laughs> right. And that, you know, it's like I could live out by you guys or we could live in a little shack somewhere, um, you know, west of the five. And it just seemed kind of bleak. Like, yeah, no, so now that you mention all this, it all came back to me. Yeah. And all the other jobs were in Anaheim at the time. There was no other gig in San Diego. It was right. Irvine and Anaheim. And so that was the thing. And you remember, I, we lived in, um, oh, crap. We were just. You guys were downtown. Well, for a little bit. And then we moved to, um, oh, crap. I'm not going to remember it. It was just south of the, uh, the Air Force Base. Um, Miramar? we were south of there south um, of Miramar. okay yes so but at any rate it, it on a bad day it could take me two and a half hours to get up to work yeah, yeah. or home so i just started at the end of that last year dude, i'd be at the office until seven because it would then it would take me a half an sure. hour to get home and i would you know it didn't matter either way and it just it was stupid i stopped giving a shit because they stopped giving a shit and then when scott's job came up 
Um, I just put shit tons of hours into it, into um, uh, applying for that job. And at that point, they had just, I wasn't, uh, <clears throat> I wasn't drinking the right. Kool-Aid. I was yeah, a problem. No, I, so I, that you was, know, I, I know what you mean. There was, oh God. Yeah, it, it became very <clears throat> political in a very, so like wide political problems in a very small vacuum is not a good it's not a good mix. <laughs> it's just, it, it, you know, it ended up imploding um, for, for a variety of reasons. Uh, it really did. And it was, it was a drag. I mean, I wanted, it, well, at the end, I didn't want anything. I wanted to get the fuck out of there as fast as I could, to be honest yeah. with you. Uh, but I just remember, <clears throat> you know, having a lot, a lot of fun at work for a while. And then it, that stopped being fun. <laughs> Yeah, it really did. It was stupid. You know, I, I, we did such good things and some of it just all went to waste. And there's, you know, it's um, funny. It, 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 the weird part that I, I think is when, you know, every, when it all imploded in 2010 and then I remember coming back in 2012 and dude, there was, it was a barren landscape. There was no, no leftover entertainment people. None of that shit. There was no, you know, oh, hey, man, yeah, remember when we did that thing? But no, none of that existed. It was just... Was there anybody left in no, entertainment? No, no. Entertainment was technically two people at the time. And it was two guys who did not work in entertainment prior. It was one dude that... Um, do you, were you around when they opened the, the Las Vegas warehouse in Cheyenne? Oh, okay. God, yeah. Yeah, I used to have to go there like... Two or three yeah, times a fucking month. you and me both, and it was the worst. It was fucking yeah. awful. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was you and I stupid. went one year. Yeah, oh, we fuck fucking yeah, man. went. One, that was the year. Well, hold oh, on. Yeah. We oh yeah. Hold on, yeah, we, wait. <laughs> we, <laughs> the first time I went, I went with you, and we went to pack out all our bullshit. I, that that was boring yeah, stuff. Man. But we we checked in. That was back when like we had the purchasing lady doing like the travel, the travel booking. Books. And she was yeah. like, well, let's see. These two guys are going to Vegas. Let's put them in a room that cost $3 a day. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> because. Wait, I found one for oh, 2 Well, let's get that one. Let's cancel the other one and let's take that one and, and, and let's make it. Two, let's give them two rooms at least for $5. Yeah. yeah. So we fucking get there. I, I go into my room. There's fucking pills in the bathroom yes <laughs> there's clothes in the room and like i was yes. like you were looking for a yeah, body like what the fuck is this they hadn't checked out i remember that i remember was that like the it wasn't like the barbary no. coast it was one of like a freestanding oh shit shithole. dude i knew the name of like it a like, a, like a week ago turned into a casino oh, fuck yeah uh i'll think of it after the show <laughs> um it was a complete and utter dump and it was like all right well fuck this and and believe me that was that never happened anymore after that trip oh my god dawn dawn was the travel agent that we used yeah, to i have. remember her and dawn was, she was amazing good. we just she was good <laughs> and then she left and we were well stuck. The, we, you don't give the travel bookings to the purchasing people who who their entire livelihood is dependent on saving 11 cents <laughs> Although we had some amazing discussions. Uh, I remember that evening very well. I just can't remember the damn name of the place. Um, 
but we that's where we were talking you and i i discovered that you have the fond love of x-files as i do on that trip yeah uh-huh yeah. uh-huh i was just thinking of that maybe it was called the the romani clef <laughs> uh, do you have a copy of roman a clef Oh, here you go, animal. You should have done that. You should have. You should have checked Bro, in as Bloodworth. Well Bloodworth, like your whole professional career. The, well, it's, it's like, never too late. It's never too late. I can be Raul Bloodworth from now on, my friend. I'm telling you, that's right. Well, but we we had a lot of fun. But when I came back, there was um, one guy from the the Cheyenne, the Vegas warehouse, who was in customer service, and there yeah. there was him, who's a good dude. He's Nick, Nick Leslie. Leslie. Nick yeah. Leslie. Yep. And he was a very good That's dude. That's right. He, he and, and then Don Lyon was the our warehouse. I don't know if he was a manager or if he was just our problem solver, but he was the guy you oh had to blow. God. But that you know what, dude? Right. That um <laughs> that roll up there uh rotated out about once every three weeks. Oh. About once every three weeks there was oh. a new warehouse manager. See, Don I was my Don guy. Lyon. Don was the Yep, he was the guy because he was, you know. Well, he was cool, and he understood um, what we were trying to do. And he was like, all right, anything you need, yeah. let us know. We'll we'll build these kits and yep. do all that shit. Yeah. yeah. But it's so stupid. You mentioned how um, how sort of uh, how much animosity we faced intradepartmentally when we started. And it's it, like Don's a perfect example where instead of getting the benefit of the doubt, they like shut us down the first five or 10 times that we made right. requests because we didn't do it right. right. And it took somebody going in this end around, like maybe through Tara in customer service or one of the mutual friends to finally say, listen, these guys are good or this program True. is really important. Like stop fucking with them. And then we would figure out how to do it right. And you remember we would have these sessions where, You'd be like, okay, how do I fill out this creative brief? Okay, you know, don't do this. That right. pisses them off. Don't do this. That pisses them off. Don't do this. Yeah. That pisses them off. You had to find a new language and, that appeased yeah, the, really the, the gods, if you will. You know, yeah. there was no... Yep. And that's the thing. Instead of making it easier, facilitating any sort of transition, Ooh. it was all well, Isn't it bizarre, though, when you really boil it down and, and take Upper Deck out of the equation, but like any random dot company... That you have two, yeah. Basically, you had two companies under one roof uh, at, at that place, right? I mean, you you wow. had they were diametrically so. opposed. They couldn't have been more different, and and everything from the product to the personnel, right? I mean, even the personnel were looked at as like, ugh, there's those guys again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's interesting. There weren't a lot of people that really still, even if they came around and became great assets or resources for one or all of us, they still didn't necessarily understand what we right. did or why it was important. They just began to realize that we weren't all assholes. Well, that's true. There, there were, I think that that really was a part of it is the relationships that were built inside that organization underneath the roof where you know, you sneak across enemy lines and you start uh, like talking to a, a Sean Dillon or, you know, somebody else over in, in whatever uh, department. And they go, All right, you know, my, my guy was um, always Marco down in uh, yeah. um, creative or Brian Bateman, like you yeah. mentioned. 
And you go down yeah, there and absolutely. be like, fellas, this is what we got to do. And they'd be like, all right, that's cool. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll give us like a day, you know? Okay, cool. And you know, they, but they'd have to do it like on the fucking down low. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 No, at their director level, things were always pitted yeah. against us. And that's the thing where leadership really failed. failed. <laughs> well, it was, it was lovely. You know, it was, it, it, it was funny because, you know, I, I, it sounds like we're bitching about it, but I think to be totally fair, <laughs> to be totally fair, we were passionate well, there about was a, it. There's a soft spot in in my dark, yeah. blackened too, soul, man. you know. But there's a soft spot for those things, you know. It, 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 it yep. And it was upper deck. Yeah. It was there was this other hook in me for that. I loved getting the. Um, the the random packs stapled to our paychecks. Oh my god, that that I ended. I totally it, forgot you know, about that. <laughs> I oh, totally ended. dude. I just I stashed those. I I sent a bunch of those home to my brother, oh, yeah. and then little things going to the trade shows, um, where I could trade um, entertainment product for sports product or um, other games. You know, we were just swimming in, in stuff. And so it was nice to get other, I, I, I will, don't know. That's, that's what I, I miss. Totally, man. I miss the swag interactions, that swag. Network. And I will tell you, um, after I, I went back a second time and, you know, started doing, we, we like when I went back, there were no trade shows. Like they didn't even, they weren't even aware of like what a Gen Con was, you know, and no, through no fault of their own, they were just, again, it was a sports card company. And then, this fucking long hair is coming back and he's going to tell us we got to spend more money to go here and there and set up this and set up that. But, you know, it was nice being able to actually build something from the ground up and have, there were some people who were just like, still go fuck yourself. Your entertainment, you suck. Yeah. There were those people. Yeah. But there were some who were uh, open to the thought because they, they go, is it going to make money? And I said, if we do it right, it'll make money. They said, okay, we're fucking down. And that was something that I had never heard the first time around. You know, it just wasn't there. Yeah. So it was, it was neat. But well, you know, all right. So that was upper deck. So what's next? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. How's it? How is the family doing? Family's good. Mm hmm. Family's good. Yeah. Girls are doing all right. They're bored. This, this, lockdown thing we've been i'm a a little bit of a paranoid hyper analytic person and and i'm just uh the science is really really clear and we've just been on lockdown man so you guys are a lockdown family good we really are so are we yeah this shit is just yeah it's just too scary and when you start to understand not so much what we do know about it but what we don't and some of the possibilities are just, are just, it's really, really fucked up. And people are being really fucking cavalier and stupid. Oh, yeah. And, um, Dude, yeah, it, it's so I'm really glad to hear that because I'd end this discussion right now. If you're like, fuck it, we're out, we're going, we were at that Michigan no, party dude, this weekend. I mean, oh my oh, God, Jesus right? Christmas. Uh, it, it, it's just, it's, it drives me fucking bananas, Andy. It drives me fucking bananas. And you know, I had, well, I have, I seem to have continuous discussions about what this motherfucking turd in the White House has done to America. And, you know, <laughs> Jeez. 
just well, beyond anything in my well, world. And I was talking to my mom today because I, I, I was just, we're having a discussion and I, which we've had this discussion probably 10 or 12 times in the last few weeks at this point. But I keep going back to one point of, you know, forget the policies and, you know, what he's done to the earth at this point by, by, by rolling back what Obama had put in place. Forget about all that stuff for a moment. But I, I have never in my life been a political junkie. I've never been uh, outspoken politically. I, I just haven't been. I, I've always like watched and, you know, tried to make the right choice for what I thought was my thing. But there was never a time in my life or like in the history books from what I can recall where it seemed like every decision was going to be fucking life or death if Trump stays in office. You know, you know, oh, it's insane. It's unbelievable where I, I'm I'm so angry. I want to fucking scream. I want to I want to choke people. <laughs> I want to I want to yeah. punch them repeatedly in the face mouth. And I and, it's fear. It's all just, just, just this bare raw fear that that folks are experiencing. And if you don't have the ability to grasp in an existential way your existence and or your mortality and your insignificance in this world, then it is just so easily all about you. <laughs> My my father-in-law is just is like banned from talking about politics with us so that he can still have conversations yeah. with us and he sneaks it in and my wife will come in and just be like god he couldn't he couldn't help himself this week he sent me a video i watched 30 seconds and the doctor quote unquote doctor started talking about um uh, you know, this virus can't can't stand temperatures oh, above Jesus 70 degrees. Christ. And she just like stopped It'll it right there. It'll be gone in goes, August. <laughs> 70 degrees? I said, you're 97.9. You know, what the fuck do you think this virus is doing? Well, I... 70 degrees. Prove that I'm 97.9. Prove it. This is a doctor, man. This oh, is a doctor God said. Almighty. But has there ever been a president of the United States that has caused so much strife and divisiveness between friends, families, neighbors, brothers, sisters? It's un I've never seen this happen. I don't know, but I heard some interesting stories about McKinley. Right. <laughs> <I know. laughs> <laughs> that's maybe not in my lifetime, but I think McKinley was kind of a racist. I, fuck. But, but this but, fucking monster, know. you know, I am the president of law and order. Like, Oh my fucking, I just want to just fucking die in a it's fire. Beyond a caricature. Yeah. It's beyond being a caricature of either what a person should be, <laughs> uh, what a leader should be. Um, any of it. It's yeah. It's amazing. My favorite thing, and I don't, I don't make fun of people lightly. I bitch and moan and whine a lot, but I don't necessarily make fun of people lightly. But this, the stance that he's got, this like smooth criminal thing that he's got going on, is just baffling to me because he has so much girth that is pulling him forward, and yet he lurches like some kind of a, I can't even do it in jest. I can't even like mock him 
appropriately and it's just it just oh, every, you just man. go god can't, can't you just Oof. fucking end it man can't you just go away just like do that thing that people are speculating and, and go i'm gonna drop out because my health and my doctors but i didn't lose i'm dropping out just go ahead hey, you brought in kanye to help uh you know divide oh. the vote <laughs> to, to further <laughs> confuse the issue yeah i know that's yeah no, I, I just, there's part of me that really wants this to be very destructive because I feel like if it's not a large enough, a large enough slap in people's faces that it won't affect significant or serious change. I, I think there are a lot of people, a lot of my in-laws that I think of what level of catastrophe it would have to be at for them to really try to re-examine themselves and their beliefs or their um uh, their enabling the enabling that they did to get to this point and uh i just i just feel like a lot of folks need to die from this virus we need to just keep marching and marching and protesting and protesting and i would just love to see significant systemic logical rational change. well you know it Agreed, a hundred percent. And you know, <clears throat> I, I I use the phrase "it's funny," but it's not funny. Um, but I, I was I was talking to Candace the other day, who you might know. Hugs. <laughs> <laughs> you might be aware. I miss you guys. Huh? Yeah, I think our kids. I think our kids would. Do I think well so. Together. I think so. Yeah, they're just a couple years yeah, apart. Yeah, right? uh, ours are going to be nine. Yeah, so we're 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 at that time, but they're they're nine, but they're f- come on. I mean, they're <laughs> they're beyond nine. I'm talking to them about fuck, I, just all game theory, <laughs> all kinds of shit. <laughs> I mean, it's I'm like, what's your marketing? I, I asked the kid one yesterday. I go, what's your marketing plan for that business you were talking about? And he's like, well, let me tell you. At this point, I'm going to do flyers. I'm going to do TV ads, and I'm like, all right, keep feeding me games, kid. Keep yeah, no feeding shit. me games. But I mean, uh, we were talking the other day, and because you bring up systemic change, <clears throat> and there's uh, you know a couple things floating around, and I I got a, a thing today from like Vox News, and it was like all the words in our vocabulary that are um, racially associated. Uh, for the for example, like the the whole argument about like the master bedroom, shouldn't we be getting rid of uh, you know terms like this because. That and, and at first, I'll be totally honest with you, when I heard like get rid of master bedroom, that just seems weird. And then, you know, mm-hmm. it, it was pointed out to me that it's like, well, that's what systemic racism is. It's so embedded yeah. into our vocabulary yeah. and our day to day that we don't even realize it. And I started thinking about it and I agree with it. It's like, yeah, and it's not necessary. No. That's the thing. It's totally arbitrary. It's the so, primary and then the secondary. Bedroom. Right, right. And then. You know, Probably like the terms, like ma- when you're talking about like tech, it's like master and slave. Yeah. Master drive, slave. Nope. Primary drive, secondary right. drive. <laughs> right. Problem I mean, it was, you know, yeah. crazy yeah. stuff like that. And I had, there was this, during the trans rights, um, a lot of the trans rights arguments that have been going on the last few years, I have the habit, and I think you're of the same ilk, where we are overly polite sometimes. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, madam. Pardon me, sir. Uh, excuse me, sir. Can I? And there's there's a gender bias there. You know, I'm assuming that this person identifies as a as 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 male or he him or whatever. And I kept on thinking to myself, how am I going to get over this? And somebody finally just said, well, just don't say the word. Just say. Just say excuse, excuse me. me. Excuse me. And I thought, oh, well, that's yeah, too easy. Okay, okay, fine. 
That's going to have to be fucking offensive on some level. (laughs) Really not difficult. Yeah. If we listen to other people, we can help point this stuff out to each other. Well, and I just, you know, because inevitably you'll hear bitching and moaning about like, if you're going to take away my master bedroom, what's next? My kids? No, fucker. But just think about it. If you don't use the term, what fucking effect does it have on you? None, cocksucker. None. None. It's yeah. so simple. And like I and again, I'll be the first to admit it. When I heard it, I was like, eh, that's a little far. <laughs> it, it's yeah, if you don't like abortions, don't get one. If you don't like gay people getting married, don't marry one, well, you know. Oh, well, that's a whole thing. that's the other thing. Like, oh, I hate right? watching gay people. What do you mean watching gay people? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. When have you ever watched gay people? <laughs> what does that even mean? Well, so but you the mean thing like is, of fucking, course, is what he means uh, is five he hates doors down, there's a, there's a gay couple. Public, even though he watches lesbian <laughs> porn. And it's lesbian porn at night. That doesn't you know, count. Nonstop. That doesn't count. Right. I, I hate the gays. It doesn't but, uh, count. You know, it's just, yes. I always, I, there's, there's a certain go-to of, of, of a son. As long as you don't watch scissoring porn, it don't count. <laughs> <laughs> careful you're gonna upset people who enjoy scissoring porn that's all but i just always wondered you know when people say i don't like the gays well what the fuck do they do like what do you have to do with them <laughs> like what 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 involvement are you in their lives with i don't understand you gotta let them finish there's a comma there i don't like the gays comma they didn't accept me into well their that's probably most of it I, I just never understood that argument. I don't like watching those two guys kiss. Well, when the fuck have you ever seen two guys kiss? They didn't invite you, you know? <laughs> just so oh I don't understand God. it, Andy. No, it's annoying. It's annoying. It is. It is fucking annoying. Well, you know what's not annoying, pal? Well, Talking to you, my what? friend. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Well, you know what? Hold on. Do you hear that? Hear what? Do you, do you hear that? I hear this silence is golden. The silence yeah. is really bad for a radio you're, show. You're, I know you're losing viewership. You're, you're losing oh, your audience fuck. one by one. Got to be more controversial. Oh, fuck. That's them falling Oh, the no, 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 no. People, trust me. People want to hear more about Upper Deck. <laughs> but I have, a, I, have a, I have a certain minute time frame I have to go to before the cease and desist letters start coming. Absolutely, man. All right, so I'm just going to send you an invoice for this. It was 56 minutes. I'm just going to round that up to 60 if that's all right. Of course it is. What are you what are you playing right now, okay. man? You're always a uh, you're always a Warhammer guy. What are you playing right now? Yeah, what am I playing? I'm kind of bored out of my gourd. Um, you know, I went back to Horizon Zero Good Dawn man. because it's absolutely beautiful to finish that uh that Frozen expansion whatever that is. And um um, you know, I played golf on, on PS4 that, um, the, the PGA tour game is actually really pretty nice. It's very relaxing. Um, do you yeah, remember when, do you I'm, remember uh, when you and I won a golf tournament? I'm staring at the trophy right now. <laughs> oh, that's where it is. Oh, okay. I've got it in my, in my workshop. We all got one, no. didn't we? <laughs> yes, we no, did. No, I got a photo. I got a picture. Are you I got a picture. Me? I thought we no. all got one. <laughs> You're a fucking wolf. Well, shit. <laughs> Enjoy it. I helped you get that. You so there you go. 
You did? No, I've, I've, I have um, guarded this with my life. No, uh, that was uh, that was back when Upper Deck would sponsor. There would just be an email that came around that said, "It was the twelfth, yeah, twelfth annual, annual sign up for the free golf tournament, <laughs> sponsored by your company. Enjoy." Oh, yeah. No, got the best swag at those. Oh my things. god, we had a great time, and we fucking we we ended up yeah. winning. The it was the Woo! first year that we played, I believe. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. Stan, Stan Brown, Leighton yep. Kirishima, yours that's, truly, and that's right. Friends. Fuck yeah, man. Jason, I know it was a lot of fun. We had a good time. Yeah, yeah. For have sure, have you played any real golf lately? I haven't. Um, it's been it's been a good solid ten years. <sighs> Same. I bought shoes. And I was going to play at my stupid charity thing, and I ended up having to work it. <laughs> Um, yeah. So I'm going to try to go to the range and actually just swing a club for the first time in a decade before they close those pitches yeah, down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, same dude. Sure. I mean, my clubs are still sitting there, man. And they're, I just haven't played because a, I don't have like, you know, $400 to go out on a weekend in San Diego to play golf anymore. That's just, well, shit, man. We talked about this before and I'll squeeze it in, in your last 50 seconds here. Michigan courses are cheap and they have public courses. So there's like, um, beautiful courses here that we could go and play for 20 bucks for 18 in a car. All I got to do is get yeah. to Michigan. And so, I mean, you just got to get here and then, you know, we'll spend a couple of days and, and go around. There's beautiful courses. Can, here. can we, can we avoid all the fucking dude bros, uh, that are, uh, yeah. apparently doing all the, the wrong shit in Michigan right now? Yeah. Fuck. Fuck. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right. Well, look, man, uh, we will. Look, one more thing. I got to ask you. We'll wrap it up. When did sure. you cut your hair? Yes, I'm available to work. Oh, um, <laughs> I cut my hair. You um, and me both. When did, I, when did I cut my hair? Gosh. You, you, um, you had. Five or six years oh ago. Oh, my God. Really? You know what? I was, I got sick. Um, I, do you remember, you might've remembered I had these, um, I had some, <clears throat> pardon me. I'm sorry. I had some dizzy spells, like some vertigo. Yeah. I, I, sound rings a bell. Rings a bell. I had like some ear problems. Okay. And, uh, well, it turned out to be an actual thing. And, um, I had a couple of real funky episodes and it got serious and I went to the Mayo Clinic. And when I was, um, it turned out to be manageable and blah, blah, blah. But when I came back, I really home, I had to rehab for like six months or so. And, um, it was just, I just did it for the sake of being easy. And I was going back to school and I just, I don't know. I, I, I felt like I grew up oh. or something stupid like that. Yeah. Jeez. Well, and I have not grown up yet. It was easy for me. I was going to do a mo a look like a little Mohawk, but, um, Danielle said she'd leave me. <laughs> <laughs> well you had some you had, a, you had a glorious mane my friend better than thanks, mine you're, you're carrying the torch yeah you're carrying the yeah torch. all right well look man thanks for spending the hour dude i uh, it's been too long absolutely i love you man i'll, I'll do this anytime I, i'm happy to do it um anywhere anywhere anytime, anytime. I'll wear clothes next time if that helps. <laughs> totally does. Hey, do me a favor. I mean, I got to tell you this because I had a, 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 a almost a, a disaster a couple weeks ago. If I when I play the outro music, don't leave yet. Oh, I'm fucking. Don't fucking here. do it. All right, fine. All right, okay, brother. Okay. Love you too. Thank you for being on the show. Take care. Best to Candace. Big hug. All that Will stuff. Do.